Good afternoon. This is the Lawyer Kings podcast, a podcast of two lawyers attempting to spread some knowledge, that's legal knowledge, a little bit of education, maybe some interesting legal stories. Hopefully you'll laugh every now and then and something you didn't learn about the legal system. That is our goal, is that you learn something about the legal system that you didn't before. We've all seen the Law & Order shows, and we want to bring that to real life. Uh, Of course, this is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast is to be considered legal advice, and we are not attempting to establish an attorney-client relationship. However, we do hope you enjoy it. For the full legal disclaimer, please see our website, www.thelawyerkings.com. My name is Rachel King. I'm an attorney. I'm licensed to practice law in California and in Arizona. I own King Law Firm, Attorneys at Law Incorporated in Wildemar, California. And at my firm, we do a variety of areas of law. I do real estate. I do probate. I do family law. I do contracts. I do litigation. I do all sorts of things, kind of stay away from criminal law. However, I have been thinking about dabbling in that too. So I have a full law firm with a wonderful staff and I love to practice law. And my co-host, Patrick King, he's actually not here today. Uh, He is out I actually don't know what he's doing. I've been trying to get in touch with him. I hope he's okay. So dad, I hope you're okay. For those of you that have been listening, Patrick King is my co-host. He's also my father. He's an attorney licensed to practice in Nevada and soon to be Texas, hopefully. And he is the owner of King and Russo in Carson City, Nevada. So he's licensed again to practice law in Nevada. And if he was here, he would tell you that he does, has a general litigation firm. His kind of motto and one of the things that he always tells me and that he has made uh, known to lots of people is you tell him what his legal issue is and he will tell you how he can help you. So unfortunately, we do not have my dad with me today. So I am going to hold down this podcast on my own. I am actually recording in live. Las Vegas, Nevada. I came out here for a couple of days. So I'm in dad's neck of the woods, sort of. He's up in the northern Nevada area. I'm enjoying sunny and hot Las Vegas, but I think I'm doing it the right way. I finally figured out the key to Las Vegas in the summertime, and that is to just be in a bathing suit by the pool a hundred percent of the time. And then if you still get too hot, you can go ahead and go into the beautiful air conditioning in any of the casinos and cool off there. So that is how we've been spending the weekend and shout out to everybody there. Actually, fun fact, not legal, but we are going to go see the Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil show tonight. So hopefully that will be fun. Anybody that has been there or seen it or comes to Las Vegas, let me know what you like to do here. I I try and come out here a few times a year. All right, today, what are we going to talk about? So We're going to talk about one of my favorite areas of law, and we're also going to talk about one of my absolute all-time favorite music artists. And if you haven't figured that out yet, we're going to be talking about conservatorships and Britney Spears. So that will be super fun. Uh, if If you don't know that Britney Spears has been under a conservatorship or you this is news to you this concept then you might be living under a rock because it's been going on for 13 years we've had the Britney Spears and conservatorship saga and actually I was doing a social media post and I know you know I'm trying to bring my dad into the 21st century of the practice of law but me I constantly get reminded about actually how old I am 
by my kids. So I was doing a social media post the other day and I was talking about Britney Spears and her conservatorship. And I was trying to come up with hashtags and I was kind of talking out loud. And my 16-year-old and my eight-year-old daughter, both of them, looked at me and said, Mom, you're overthinking it. There already is one. It's hashtag free Britney. So hashtag free Britney is what is going to be on our podcast today. But before we get to that, I want to talk about COVID. Oh my gosh, are we ever going to be over COVID? I'm kind of tired of it, huh? I live in California and at this point where I live in Riverside County, masks are not required. If you're vaccinated or under different circumstances, there is not a government mandate for masks. But we came over here to Nevada, and it seems like that is the mandate in Nevada right now is that masks are required. I think, though, as a society, we are kind of over this because even with the mask mandate, half of Las Vegas is walking around without a mask. There are signs everywhere that say masks are required for vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals, and uh, it's just simply not happening. So I'm kind of thinking that as a society, maybe we're getting ready to be over and finished with the COVID regulations and ready to regulate ourselves. I think that will be super interesting with the most recent executive order that was in place where, uh, if I understood it correctly and if I read it correctly, President Biden has implemented, or the federal government, the executive branch of the government, remember we talked about that a couple weeks ago, the executive branch is made up of the president, has decided to require all employers with over 100 employees to mandate vaccines or to comply with a, to regulate vaccination. So uh, I also saw that that's already being challenged by a number of states. It will be interesting to see where the Supreme Court comes out on this. I don't like to get political, but I do think that we should all be in charge of our own bodies. I think that's super important. So as an attorney and as a human being, I am interested to see where the Supreme Court comes on in with whether the federal government or any government for that matter can require the private businesses to mandate uh, vaccinations. And then I also wonder if they are going to allow that, is that going to now start extending to other vaccinations? Because right now we don't have a requirement for other vaccinations across the board. So I think this is an interesting topic. I think it's going to be around for a while. And I'm interested to see, one, how uh, us as individuals and citizens of this country handle it. Are we going to sit back and let this happen? Do we support this? I'm also interested to see how the Supreme Court rules on the executive branch's decision and also how Congress comes in. Congress has the most power, right? They can do lots of things. So is Congress going to come in and back any of these So that's what's going on with COVID. And here in Las Vegas, it looks like masks are mandatory, but only about half the people are doing it. I probably shouldn't tattle on Las Vegas. I personally uh, am a big fan of not wearing a mask. I do, of course, where we need to, but I love when I can walk outside and the beautiful sunny weather outside and not wear a mask. I'm also known to uh, never wear masks when I go for a run. I simply can't breathe. Anyway, that's it. That's all we're going to do for COVID right now. I feel like it's an exhaustive topic that we're going to have plenty to talk about in the future. So we will move right along. Uh, In the news today, 
We had September 11th yesterday. So I'm actually recording this on September 12th. And September 11th, wow, was that a big day in 2001. I was 18 years old. And I remember getting a phone call from one of my high school friends. I had just graduated high school. And she woke me up at like eight o'clock in the morning. And of course, I was sleeping and said, Oh my gosh, are you watching the news? At that point, I didn't watch the news either, guys. So I don't watch the news now. Didn't watch the news at 18. I had no idea what she was talking about. I got on and did it change the trajectory probably of my life and many Americans' lives and actually maybe the entire world's lives. So that was a big day. I am so grateful for everybody that participated in the uh the, the firefighters and the law enforcement. And I, my thoughts and prayers are always with those family members of people that have lost. And, you know, it's kind of, we always say, may we never forget. Uh, and life goes on. We all have to have life go on, but I think it's a really wonderful opportunity on September 11th to just be grateful for the life that we had and to remember those that we've lost. Same with Veterans Day Memorial and day and all these other days, right? Let's just take a moment and show some gratitude. So if you don't do anything else, let's show some gratitude for everything that we have and be grateful that we get to live in this amazing country and that we have um, an amazing military and that we have amazing support systems in place and that we are alive. That is good news. So that's kind of what's going on in the news today. How is my law firm going? Oh, man. Can I just tell you first, I have an amazing office staff. I have paralegals and assistant paralegals and secretaries and a provisional attorney that I'm happy to say just found out that he's going to be sworn in as a full attorney. And that is so amazing. But I do have a lot going on with this podcast and then trying to expand my firm. So we are trying to, as I kind of pull my dad into 2021 and show him that not everything has to be done in writing and in person, right? I am also trying to keep up with the technological times and move into this wonderful world of podcasting. Uh, For those of you that don't know, ultimately, I am such a huge fan of Judge Judy. She's she's like the best. And if I could ever have a Judge Judy show, obviously, we wouldn't call it Judge Judy. Let's maybe call it like Judge King. I have to become a judge first or something like that, but that would be great. So I'm trying to work on that and navigate that with my law firm, which is proving to be a little bit difficult. And then I'm also in the process of going back to school. So shout out to all of you students. When I graduated law school, I swore I was never going to take another test or be in school again. People would joke with me and I'd have uh, school recruiters call me and say, how about this doctorate program? And I was adamant. Like, you can take me off your call list, never called me again. Anyway, we fast forward to 2021, and I am currently involved in my doctorate in business administration. So needless to say, I think the biggest challenge that I'm facing right now as a law firm owner and as a lawyer is figuring out how to balance life. And I don't know that that's unique to me. I think that's kind of all of us. But it is interesting. And so I hope you stick with me and maybe, you know, we'll all get to celebrate my graduation or not. (laughs) Who knows what's going to happen with that. Uh, And then I did, this is super exciting. I just finished and submitted my bar application for Texas. So according to Texas, you know, all you lawyers out there, Texas recently made it so that you can be admitted. You can apply for admission without an examination in Texas. If you've been practicing law in 
for the last five years and you can show proof of that and then you're in good standing and you comply with the rest of their things. So no bar exam. Uh, I think that's going to do great things for Texas that they're going to, they're allowing this. So as you guys know, my dad, he applied for his bar in Texas a a few months ago and then I submitted mine. So I'm going to go hopefully move into Texas. Let's take my law firm national, shall we? Also thinking about going into Kentucky. So we will see. I'm currently licensed in Arizona, which is an MBE that's uh, a multi-state bar exam jurisdiction. That means that I can practice law and I can apply for admission in any of the areas that accept the multi-state bar exam. I also think for new attorneys or for any attorney at that, here's a couple of tips. If you are thinking about taking a second bar or you're unsure where to take your first bar, oh my gosh, take it in an MBE jurisdiction. It will make it so that you can practice law in a multitude of states. You can just Google search all of the states except the MBE, and then you don't get stuck in kind of you know, held captive. I felt like even though I love California and I don't plan on leaving California, that was my first bar, and I did feel like I was kind of being – Uh, held hostage in California. If I wanted to practice law, I couldn't go anywhere else. So that's why I ended up taking Arizona. So think about taking a a bar exam in a a jurisdiction that has the MBE. And hey, why not apply for a jurisdiction? The second tip that I have for all attorneys, new or uh, currently practicing attorneys, is save that bar application. When I was going through my Texas bar application, they ask you, you know, for like, the most insane information. It goes so far back and they want all of the nitty gritty details and it can be super difficult to compile it all. Save it. Once you once you fill out that application, you put all of that information in there, print it, save it. I don't know, put it in like a really safe place so that if you ever apply to another bar, you already have it. You don't have to go and sort through all of, you know, they like want your class rank and stuff. I mean, who, unless you were like, top three or something. Do you even know your class rank in law school? Probably not. Or your NBE number. Only attorneys are going to know all of this stuff. Funny fact, when I was helping my dad apply to the Texas bar, they asked him for his LSAT number and he didn't have an LSAT number because when he applied for the bar, there was no such thing as the uh, the board, whatever that entity is. I can't even think right now. They didn't have that. They didn't exist. So I had to, for the purposes of getting him his Texas application, I had to help him go in and set up this online uh, portal and then just get a number for the purpose of the application. But anyway, now he has it. So now he's golden. He can take us to Texas. So that is what's going on with my law firm. I'm so interested to see what's going on with your firm. If you are a lawyer or with your business, I just feel like all of us, Uh, can be brought together with this idea of balance, no matter what it is. I feel like that is my life's purpose and constant struggle is to to constantly find balance between being a mom, being a wife, being a lawyer, being a business owner, being, I mean, you name it, being a runner. I like to claim that I'm a yogi. I'm really not a yogi, but I love to do yoga. So we have all of these things in life we're trying to balance. Speaking of running, again, nothing to do with law, but I'm by myself, so I have nobody keep me on track today. I am a big fan of barefoot running. I just started barefoot running. And for all of you, I I had knee issues, and then I did some research after my doctor told me I probably wasn't going to be able to run very much longer, and I started running barefoot, and then I bought these barefoot running sandals, and they are amazing. And if you want a really good book, even if you're not a runner, read Born to Run. Oh, my goodness. 
made me want to kind of do an ultra. Not really, but I, I was so motivated. All right. So now let's get on to Britney Spears, shall we? Like what we're all here for is Britney, Britney, Britney. Let me tell you, I was a teenager when she was famous. I just loved her to pieces. I know all of her songs. And the best part about Britney Spears is I grew up with her. And now my 16 year old has like a Britney Spears playlist on her uh, Spotify and she'll voluntarily like put Britney Spears on herself. And then my eight-year-old daughter, same thing. She voluntarily chooses Britney Spears. And so to a certain extent, I think Britney Spears is proving to be multi-generationally popular, right? She is standing the test of time. I had a Britney Spears song on. I think it was toxic. Maybe it was prerogative. Anyways, those two are some of my favorites. And I, or it came on the radio and one, uh, I started singing it. Right. And my two kids were like jaw dropped and they said, Oh my gosh, mom, how do you know all of the words? And I said, bless your hearts, guys. I, I listened to Britney way before you were even born. So they thought the songs were new, but they were just new to them. So Britney, we're, we're freeing Britney and we're so happy. All right. So here's a little bit about Britney and the conservatorship. You've heard it. You've seen it. It's been all over the news. Britney Spears has been the subject of a conservatorship. She is called the conservatee. The conservatee is the person that we are trying to take control of. She's been the conservatee for over 13 years. So what is a conservatorship? A conservatorship is also called a guardianship in other states, and it acts much like a guardianship of children, except it comes into play when somebody is 18 years old. So think when I have kids and they're minors, right? They're young. I can make all of their decisions for them. I don't have to get permission from anybody. If I go to the doctor, I can authorize a flu shot. I can choose what they eat. I can choose what they drink. I can choose who they see and where they live and what they wear, right? We make all of those decisions for our children, but then our children reach 18 and we don't get to say anything anymore. They are now in charge of all of those decisions. A conservatorship is where we come in and we basically tell the court, look, this person can't can't make any of those decisions, so we need to make it for them. So we get the power through a conservatorship or whoever is applying for the conservatorship is asking the court to give them the power to decide where this person lives, what they spend their money on, what they're wearing, what they're eating, what kind of medical care they're getting, and on and on and on. And they are often done. I, I work with conservatorships. It's one of my favorite, again, my favorite areas of law is probate and conservatorships and uh, guardianships. Anyway, I do them a lot when we're talking about cognitive impairment or Alzheimer's dementia, right? Though when you have Alzheimer's and dementia, sometimes, oftentimes it gets to a point where those individuals can no longer make their own decisions. So we have to have somebody else step in and act for them, right? You're basically acting as that person. The other time that we see conservatorships a lot is where we're dealing with a child who, again, turns 18 and has some kind of diagnosis that prevents them from being able to care for themselves. Like, uh, oh gosh, I had them all in my head. And now, of course, when I have to say them, oh, Down syndrome, what's, that's that's an easy one to, to remember. So Down syndrome, if you have a child that has Down syndrome and can't care for themselves, then as soon as they turn 18, oftentimes a conservatorship will go into place so that somebody else can step in, right? These are really, really drastic situations that require a conservatorship. So the question over the last 13 years that has come up is, how did Britney Spears find herself in a conservatorship. That means she's the conservatee and somebody else is making all of these decisions for her. 
what she should wear, where she should go, what she can and cannot post on social media. They could make things down to what she can eat. They can make every decision. So how is she who, while she's famous and she's had, you know, some things on social media that were less than appealing, she's gotten herself into some kind of trouble. She doesn't really appear to amount to somebody that falls into the same category as dementia or Down syndrome. That is the big topic. And one of the reasons that Britney Spears uh, conservatorship has made news, right? You pair that with her celebrity status and it is going to be interesting, I think even, even on. So under conservatorships, there's two different kinds. There's conservatorship of the estate and conservatorship of the person. Conservatorship of the estate is where we are asking the court to allow us to make decisions over money, right? So we want to control Britney Spears' money. We think that she doesn't have the ability to manage her own money. One of the situations where we were able, in a real case that I had, to prove that somebody was not able to manage their finances anymore. Again, I had an elderly client who was suffering from uh, Alzheimer's and had lost their driver's license. So they couldn't drive and they'd lost it about five years prior. So this was not a new, a new situation. And they went to a a car dealership and they paid cash for a vehicle. uh, And we didn't need the vehicle. Right. So, and, and when discussing this, they didn't realize that they couldn't drive. So in that situation, we had to go and Uh, take control. We asked the court to allow us to take control of the money because it was basically flushing money down the toilet. The car wasn't needed and they weren't able to remember what they could and couldn't. uh, Basically, they couldn't drive, so they didn't need a car. So it was a waste of money. So that would be one kind of waste. Another situation that I had was where I had somebody who was unable to understand the value of money. And so they went to their bank and they pulled about $20,000 out in cash, and they were throwing it out the window uh, down the freeway. So wouldn't that be a sight to see? You're not supposed to pull over and collect it, guys. You're supposed to leave it. That would be super dangerous. But again, no concept of money. So we went in and requested conservatorship of the estate to manage their money. Now, when you manage the money on be- in a conservatorship of the estate, you're managing it on behalf of that person. It's not like you can come in and take control of it and use it for yourself. You have to use it for them. It's basically saying, this person can't manage their own money for their own best interest. So here, let me do it. I will manage it again for their best interest. So that's conservatorship of the estate. The second kind of conservatorship that we have is conservatorship of the person. This is where we're looking to make everyday decisions for the person. Uh, think medical decisions where they may be living, where, again, not a financial where they're living, but what do, where do they live to meet their needs. This is non-financial decisions over the person. And again, think uh, most commonly we have Alzheimer's if they need to go into a memory care facility or they're unable to know what is how to dress, right? I've had clients that didn't know what, uh, because of their cognitive impairment, didn't know what was an appropriate style of clothing to wear. So they would go out either not clothed or in um, clothes that were revealing. So we would maybe get a conservatorship of the person so that we could make sure that, again, we're looking out for their best interests so that we can protect them and make sure that they are um, 
getting everything that they need. So two different kinds of conservatorship. In the Britney Spears case, both were given, right? So if you all remember, dad went in and requested with Britney's uh, team, right? She has a whole entourage, but lots of people involved in this conservatorship. They went in and requested conservatorship of the estate and the person. Here's the tricky part about Britney. And I have never understood, again, I wasn't out of legal proceedings and I imagine the judge that presided over it, made absolutely the correct decision at that time, given the evidence that was before them. But one of the biggest things that's always caused me like a little, huh, in this case, is that a conservatorship must be the least restrictive means. So if there's a better way of doing it, maybe somebody only needs um, to have help with finances, then we wouldn't grant a conservatorship of the person. Or if there was a power of attorney that was in place, right, and that we could do a limited power of attorney, or this, then then maybe we do that. To get a full conservatorship, you have to show that the person lacks complete capacity to make their decisions and that it is the least restrictive means because we don't like to take people's rights away. And I'm sure we can all agree that there is a fundamental right to being able to make your own decisions, right? So before we start taking away the right to make your own decisions, then we have a pretty high standard. So I never really understood what the least why the conservatorship was the least restrictive means for Britney Spears, but you know, again, the evidence was there, the judge made the decision. Here's where I also think it gets interesting to get this, they were able to prove whether it was people lying or telling the truth, you know, who knows, that Britney Spears lacked the capacity to make her own financial decisions and to make her everyday and personal decisions. That's huge, guys. That's really big. That means she can't think for herself at all. She doesn't. That's basically going in and saying, I know that you said that you wanted a cookie for lunch, but you don't have the ability to decide whether a cookie is actually what you want and in your best interest. So we're going to take away your ability to decide if you want a cookie. That's you know, a, a pretty simple and kind of silly explanation, but that's pretty, pretty drastic to take away some capacity. So here's my thoughts. And actually, I was talking to a judge and to some other attorneys about this the other day, and uh, it was kind of, we all came to this. So I'm not going to say this is Rachel King's thoughts. <laughs> this was the collective discussion is that maybe, maybe we could prove or that it, we, you know, again, that a conservatorship of the estate was necessary. Maybe Brittany needed help with her money. I do not know how. Again, I wasn't there, and I, I I know that that judge did the best that they can in the circumstances. But I don't know how you get around conservatorship of the person when holy cow, for much of this conservatorship, Britney Spears was in Vegas doing a show. I walked by and saw her billboard up many a time. I wanted to go. I'm so sorry, Brittany, I didn't go. Uh, now I wish I had because it's not here anymore. But how are you going to say that somebody can't, doesn't have the capacity to make their everyday and personal decisions? They don't have the capacity to decide whether a chocolate chip cookie is appropriate for lunch. But you're going to they, they can get on stage and put on a full show in Las Vegas and and do a great job and memorize the steps and their song. I mean, that is just huge, right? You can make the decision and you can functionally put on a show in Las Vegas, but somehow you lack capacity. I don't know about that. At least for the person, I thought that was interesting. And then here's another one. Here's where I think maybe it fell apart recently, because for all that you don't know, there's been a change, right? Brittany's taking control of herself. We're freeing Brittany. 
you are now going to allow somebody who is deemed to lack capacity. Remember when the conservatorship was granted 13 years ago, she was deemed by the courts to not be able to make her own decisions. The court basically decided that any decision she made, she was unable to make in her best interest. But then they let her choose her own lawyer. How in the world are you going to say that somebody cannot make any of their own decisions on their own best interest, but they have the capacity and the ability to choose which lawyer they are going to be represented by? That to me just... uh, if you can't decide one thing, you cannot pick a lawyer, right? Picking a lawyer for all of us that have had to pick a lawyer under a legal situation, that is hard, stressful work, right? And and that's with the best of minds, right? And now you're going to say that somebody who has been deemed to lack capacity has the ability to choose their own lawyer? I think not. I think that's where maybe this case started to fall apart. Here's another interesting little tidbit for everybody that has not participated in a conservatorship or a guardianship for that matter. In Riverside, fairly certain in all of California, maybe even other states, there is court-appointed counsel. That means for all of the conservatees, right, that would be the proposed Britneys, they get appointed an attorney that comes out of taxpayer money, right, because we want to protect them to make sure that they're rights and their position is being advocated for. So we give them an attorney. But guess what we don't do? We don't go to these conservatives and say, hey, you want to pick your own lawyer? Do you like this lawyer? How about this lawyer? No, we have predetermined lawyers that act on the behalf of the conservatives or the proposed uh, wards, right, in a guardianship. And that's who asks, and or that's who represents. And we never say, is this good for you? Can you imagine? Let's play this out. Can you imagine going up to an adult who has full-blown dementia, has difficulty eating and feeding themselves, cannot toilet themselves? These are real situations, guys. They're tragic, but they're real. And say, and they can't talk and can't um, can't write and saying, why don't you choose your lawyer? Who do you want to be your lawyer? Now, that seems ridiculous, right? Y'all probably laughing at me saying, of course, they couldn't choose it. They're held to the same standard that Britney was. They lack capacity. Britney lacked capacity. It was the same standard. I just, as soon as she was able to choose her own lawyer, case over, right? If she can choose her own lawyer, she clearly, I think, has capacity. I'm no judge, right? (laughs) I'm just a little old attorney. But um, anyway, I think that's maybe where the case fell apart. So... I'm interested to see what has hap- what happens with the Britney Spears conservatorship. Here's one thing I learned. I don't know if this is inside information, but I did learn it from a judge. So maybe it's inside information. Maybe it's just because I don't watch the news. But I think that the Britney Spears conservatorship case is absolutely going to change legislation on conservatorships moving forward. I think the California probate code or other legislation will be implemented that will be on point to address this specific situation. So watch it. Watch it come, guys. I'm predicting the future. We will have Britney legislation come out of this. I've tried a couple of conservatorships and uh, under similar situations or similar circumstances that around Brittany, right? No celebrities. Unfortunately, I haven't represented a celebrity. I'd love to though. So if you're a celebrity and you want me to represent you, I would dig it. 
just give me a call. Uh, my law firm is King Law Firm Attorneys at Law Incorporated, and the text number or office number is 951-834-7715. And you can find me at thelawyerking.com or all of the socials. But if uh, that's okay. So I, I got a little off track there. <laughs> um, I've tried to get conservatorships implemented and I've known other attorneys that have tried to get conservatorships implemented that fall along the same criteria or the same fact pattern of the Britney Spears fact pattern, right? And they've been denied. So I don't know how Britney's got through. I don't know. Again, I wasn't there, but I definitely think that there's going to be some legislation that gets put in place that changes this. Hopefully, makes it so that it's, I don't say that it, we want it to be harder to get a conservatorship because certainly the people that need conservatorships, we want them to get them as easily as possible, but that it can be less abused, right? I think that's really the takeaway here is that we can make it so that conservatorships can be implemented quickly and easily for the people that really need them put in place, but we can restrict it so that it's not easy to abuse the conservatorship and take over somebody else's life, right? We don't like imprisoning people for being wrongfully accused. We certainly don't want to take over their life incorrectly under a conservatorship. All right, Brittany, I'm right there with you. I am on your side. I do conservatorships. I ask for them all the time. I think they're a great tool. I don't think that you should be in a conservatorship. And I do think legislation is important. So that is Britney Spears. All right. I would love some guests. I don't really have, I don't know what's happening next week because I, I just don't, I haven't talked to my dad and, um, but I'd love some guests. So I, please, if you are in the legal field or you've ever been in the legal field or law enforcement, you know, whatever, we're all closely related please give me a call or come and visit our website, the Lawyer Kings podcast or thelawyerkings.com and tell tell me that you want to come on the show. I'd love to have you. I'm also looking for any celebrity attorneys or celebrities that want to be on my show. So they always say, if you don't ask, you won't get it. So I'm asking, I'm putting in the universe. Let's see if it comes back. Uh, I, again, am an attorney. I love being an attorney. I love the legal field. I hope that all of the law students that are coming up enjoy being an attorney. And I hope all future attorneys, we, you know, let's, let's do great things. Let's, let's be great. Let's change the reputation that attorneys have and apply for other jurisdictions. Uh, Don't get yourself pigeonholed into one specific area. As always, nothing in this podcast should be considered legal advice. While I love talking and giving advice, man, that's one of the reasons I went into this profession. That is not what this forum is for. If you'd like our full disclaimer, you can find it at thelawyerkings.com. And of course, you can follow me on all of my socials, or you can find my firm at thelawyerkings.com. Shout out to my dad, whatever you're doing. I hope it's a great day. And I'm super excited to have him on the podcast with me again, because while I love the sound of my voice, it's way more fun to do this with somebody else on the other side. Cheers. As always, we have legal disclaimers. Nothing in this episode should be considered legal advice and nothing establishes an attorney-client relationship. All the information provided in this podcast is provided for general information purposes only and may not reflect the current law in your jurisdiction. By listening to our episode, you understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the lawyer kings or 
Rachel King, or Patrick King and the podcast publisher. No information contained in the episode should be construed as legal advice from Rachel King or King Law Firm or any of the firms associated with Rachel King or Patrick King or its guests. And none of it is intended to be a substitute for legal counsel or any subject matter. No listener of this episode should act or refrain from acting on the basis of any information included or accessible through this episode without seeking appropriate legal or other professional advice on the particular facts and circumstances at issue from a lawyer licensed in the recipient's state, country, or other appropriate legal licensing jurisdiction. This podcast is hosted by attorneys Rachel King and Patrick King and edited by Jeff Pack. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on your favorite podcast apps. Sign up for our newsletter and visit us at our website at thelawyerkings.com. Oh, 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 oh